Welcome to the Technology Trailblazers podcast, where we explore new ways to unlock business potential with unprecedented technological innovation. Hi there, I'm your host, Derek Little, and this is the podcast for companies of all sizes wanting to digitally transform their business with the latest technology. In this episode, I was honored to speak with Mead Lewis, founder and CEO of Microtech, a company that provides advanced technology to predict pipeline leaks. After working as chief technology officer for two oil and gas companies and launching and selling an analytics firm, Mead decided to combine his resources to help the environment. He went on to tackle the largest issues facing the oil and gas industry, namely, improving on outdated technology used since the 1970s. On the day I interviewed Mead, Joe Biden was elected 46th president of the United States. With a plan for a clean energy future, one of Biden's first executive orders was to cancel the 9 billion Keystone XL pipeline project from Canada. But Mead says the oil and gas industry isn't going away anytime soon. He had some interesting thoughts on using AI to help the industry play its role in developing a more sustainable energy infrastructure. Here's what he had to say. The oil and gas industry, not only is it an old industry, but because of the boom bust cycles that go on in the industry, they either are making money hand over fist, so they have no drive to innovate, or they don't have money. Therefore, they don't have money to spend on innovation. And so what that's meant is a lot of the technology that this industry uses is from the 1970s. And so a lot of the changes that uh, can be made to this industry are as simple as introducing the industry to the cloud, as simple as introducing them to modern sensor technology, introducing them to wireless networks, and introducing them to the you know, 21st century world of artificial intelligence and big data. So why do you think changes are needed? Changes are needed because of what's at risk. Not only are we facing an economic issue within the industry, right? Over uh, $90 billion is lost industry-wide in just revenue. And that doesn't include the PR, the litigation, the cleanup fees, and the fines that are associated with these disasters. Um, So really, that $90 billion money problem is more like a $300 billion money problem across the industry. But it's bigger than that, right? Money's great. Money's good. Investors love it. You know, it helps you pay your bills, but it's more the larger picture of it. So the environmental problem is a huge reason why we're doing what we're doing. Um, the largest source of greenhouse gas uh, methane emissions are from pipeline leaks. And that methane, that natural gas, is about 23 to 80 times more potent of greenhouse gas than just CO2 alone. And when you take a look at oil, oil leaks can pollute ecosystems when they get into the water and contaminate the water anywhere between 30 years and then the high end is upwards of 300 years. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done to clean up this industry and make it safer for the environment. But then when you look at the international and overseas market, they sometimes term it as petrol theft. And that's a really pretty way of saying it. 
really what it is is bad guys tapping into pipelines, siphoning off the commodities, and then reselling them on a black market. And these bad guys include some of the worst groups you can imagine, whether that's the cartels, the uh, ISIS, Taliban. Those types of groups steal from these oil and gas companies, resell it on the black market so that they can fund their operations. Because although they're nefarious organizations, they pay their uh, soldiers and their defense forces, um, really offense forces, but defense forces uh, with the proceeds from their illegal activities. And so our mission here isn't just about helping save our customers money. Yeah, there's billions to be saved there. But it's to help protect the environment and help defund that global terrorism aspect of uh, the problem. You're using modern technology to do this. Very modern technology. So we're, we're using state-of-the-art sensors that were traditionally used in the medical industry. Um, some that have been used in oil and gas before, such as vibration monitoring. We bring in roughly seven, it's really more than that, variables through our patented uh, hardware stack, sensor stack. We send that data through 4G, 3G, 2G, and now we're getting into satellite communications to our cloud, where we then analyze it time and time again through neural network-backed artificial intelligence. And what we've shown and what we've proven is that not only can we predict the immediate threats as they're happening, such as uh, excavators digging on the pipeline, you know, farmers digging up his field doesn't know that there's a major pipeline running beneath his field. Also, the long-term threats, such as corrosion and what's called land slippage, where the pipe slowly shifts underground, um, eventually causing an issue. So the industry is, is not using technology like this already? Um, there are substitutes out there, but a lot of them are archaic. They're, they have you know, analog dials. A lot of them don't transmit their data wirelessly. They're reading one variable at a time. Um, they're reading that variable slowly. We read each of the, our variables at speeds up to 42 times every second, while the substitutes in the industry for you know pipeline monitoring, they read one variable once every 15 minutes. They're non-wireless. Our hardware is 100% uh, externally mounted to the pipeline. And why that's important is because, according to the Pipeline Hazardous Materials Safety Administration, 2.8% of pipeline leaks are caused by invasive monitoring methods. Things such as hot tapping, where you drill into the pipeline, thread that hole, and then screw in a pressure transducer, let's say. Or a process known as pigging, where you're sen sending something down the bore of the pipeline. And so, by being 100% external from the pipeline, we can eliminate that 2.8% of leaks right off the top. And not only that, but we're the only ones applying artificial intelligence to the data that we're collecting. And we're doing this all for a fraction of the price of the other guys. So it encouraged a lot of customers to come our way. Have you done any calculations on what this can save an oil and gas company? So the average oil and gas operator can save about $2.8 million annually using our systems. And that's with the assumptions that the average pipeline operator is overseeing about 250 miles of pipeline. Uh, with that, what we're expecting is that their average annual spend is about 838000 on monitoring equipment, and they're losing over $3 million uh, a year in just the leak, the revenue loss in and of itself. So there's massive, massive issues with this industry and massive costs and overhead involved. 
What's involved with an implementation? Does it take a long time? Is it complicated? That's one of the beautiful things about our system is being externally mounted and it's incredibly easy to install. Um, when you compare that to other solutions, such as there's uh, fiber optic lines that they can put in the same trench as a pipeline to help deduce stress and feel vibrations and sometimes acoustics along with that. But the issue with that is fiber optics are expensive. So if you were looking to monitor 100 miles of pipeline, um, that would cost you about $15 million in just that fiber optic cable alone, not including the sensors, not including any of the other critical infrastructure that you need. While for us, for that 100 miles, you're looking at an annual bill of roughly uh, $300,000 a year. So $15 million or 300000 Is there any risk? to the sensors themselves being stolen, possibly by the people who are stealing the oil? Yes, there, there is risk of that, but that's one of the benefits of gathering data so quickly and looking for all, this, all these issues on the pipeline. We're able to see if somebody's approaching our devices with the intent to take them off. So we can see them live trying to take off our devices. And so we can uh, alert the operator of that. And we actually replace the devices for free if that's the case. So that, and they're also difficult to find. You know, we're talking about a four inch box located every five miles along a pipeline and you don't know what pipelines we're working on. So you could be walking thousands of miles of pipeline before you find uh, one of our boxes on it. And most pipeline is buried anyway. So they would have to di know exactly where our box is dig up the box, and then uh, remove it from the pipeline, then fill in that hole to cover up the, their tracks, all while we're watching them do this live. So it'd be a difficult proposition, for sure. Are you working with a lot of companies already? Is this, is this a proven solution? So we're operating with, uh, you can name an operator, and I can probably tell you we are working with them. Um, all the top operators in the world, really. One of the ones I can tell you about is we are uh, working closely with Chevron, and that's been well uh, documented uh, in the media. I've heard that Joe Biden has a plan to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, and he's already gotten started by canceling the Keystone XL pipeline, which is about 2,151 miles of pipe. Do you think this will have an impact on your company? I don't want this to be a cliche, but I honestly think that it will support our company. What we're going to be seeing are bills and legislation being passed where it helps make this industry, forces this industry to be greener and start combating these issues. We can look at the bill HR 5120 as reference. Um, this was a bill that's so far passed by the House, but it's still waiting to eventually go in front of the Senate. But it's a bill that pretty much mandates predictive monitoring for these pipelines. And so a bill like that passing would massively support our growth. Um, but then when we talk about the Keystone Pipeline, what we need to address is the, the social issues around that pipeline. And so what I really think is happening here is Biden is opening up the floor to dis for discussion. The Keystone Pipeline has been stopped in quotes a few times before but then it's always been reversed when it gets to the courts. So I think that we're going to see a similar picture here if I was a betting man. However, 
uh, I do think that some of these social discussions need to be had. There, there are the public has concerns about the Keystone Pipeline in particular, and so we need to hear out those concerns and have a frank and honest cons- discussion on what are the benefits if we allow this, what are the the issues if we allow this, and try to minimize the issues and maximize the benefits because these pipelines going into these communities. If we can make them safer and, and, and nearly guarantee that they won't leak, the benefits are immense. Not only is it economic benefits for the local communities who are nearby the pipeline for uh, being hired by these oil and gas firms, but oil and gas is a massive part of America's GDP. And now we're actually able to export our natural gas uh, specifically, which will minimize our massive debt load that America has taken on in the past, uh, you know, few, uh, really the last decade. So that's what I think is best for policy when we start talking about oil and gas. But I I really do think that uh, with the, with the Biden administration, I think that we are going to see bills being passed to help regulate and strengthen this industry, make it better, not, uh, not, get rid of it outright. We're coming to the end of the podcast, Mead. If one of my listeners wants to learn more or reach out to you, how should they go about it? Well, definitely check out our website. That's microtech.com, M-I-Q-R-O-T-E-C-H.com. Um, you can also email us with inquiries at info at microtech.com, or we also have a contact us uh, form on our website. So, Love to hear uh, from smart people with amazing questions all around the world. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Technology Trailblazers podcast. Are you an independent IT consultant or running a small to mid-sized consulting firm? Would you like to share your thoughts on my podcast? Contact me for more information about guest opportunities. My email address is derek at technologytrailblazers.club. That's D-E-R-E-K at technologytrailblazers.club.